0: In this episode, I get to talk to one of my favorite YouTubers of all time, Duarte Blanc V. He is a synth YouTube channel, so we spend a lot of time talking about what it means to be a music YouTuber. We talk about switching up your content over time so you don't get bored, the kind of sponsorships and review type of videos, how to deal with like the money side of YouTube. And we also go over his like, income diversification strategy for the music side, of what he does and we also just talk about synths because that's what he's into and that's what i'm into so we had a lot in common but anyways i know this episode's very long but i
1: hope you'll enjoy it made money doing like a bunch of different things in music before but then definitely have made more money since becoming a youtuber yeah which is strange in my mind
0: yeah well and uh i think i don't know if it was Beats or someone talked about how um that there's more views you can get from talking about music gear than talking about music or doing music. And that's totally, well, I've noticed it's true. Like when I was making, um, I did a lot of like synth reviews and software synth reviews last year, and that Mm -hmm. got way more views than music production tutorials. And now like the music marketing content and music business content for me is the, is doing by far better than anything I've ever done. Um, but it's like, no matter what it is, if you're, talking about like just music, it doesn't pull people in Mm. as much as talking about things you need to like do music.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I I actually, I watched your video. uh, I really liked it. I don't think I retweeted it because I'm a dick, but (laughs) I I remember watching it and being like, this is great. I believe it was the video where you did, um, you talked about Facebook marketing and Mm. how you were, uh, you had like run a campaign for like a certain amount and like the amount of like impressions that you got and i was really like man this is great like this is really like useful for people who are people who are not thinking of this in like a business sense people who are just like oh yeah. hopefully if people find it like this is like real like um you know putting out like concise information about like here's how you can market something using this tool which everyone can use and how much money I, uh, I I put into it. And then how many like, you know, it was great. I like that video a lot. Cause right. then I thought, I was yeah. like, man, this would be great. Like, this is like a great service. Like that's what I thought the whole time. Like I was like, man, like musicians like need like a service like this, where like they're getting, cause like, I hate, I'm not, I'm not like saying anything about DistroKid or these kind of sites, yeah. but these just place your music, right? You need also the push to get the exactly. eyeball with the ears i guess the, the eyeballs <laughs> the ears <laughs> no it's it's so
0: true like a lot of musicians have this uh, perspective that good music should sell itself and unfortunately we don't we just don't live in that world like if you don't get it in front of people they're just never going to hear it uh and it doesn't just apply to music like it's true about like products it's true about, about mm-hmm. any service you have like uh, in, in the work you do, like I don't know if you you do freelance or if you're working for someone, but in either case, you you had to, someone had to do some kind of push to get that first customer. It's not like exactly. they just come to you. Some will come to you, but that's not how you build a long-term business usually.
1: No, you got to go out and get it, and you got to also be good to your recurring people. Right, it's a weird thing. I feel like that just applies to like everything like uh you know um are we live right now
0: oh yeah yeah we're live
1: (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) all right well now we'll watch what i say um Uh,
0: i i I don't like i i don't i mean you you're pretty uh you're pretty clean dude you don't swear very much but like um feel, feel free to speak
1: your mind i'm not like a kid's channel or anything so (laughs) okay this video is not for kids good um yeah, yeah i just feel like um it's so true in everything like even on the even in the world of youtube or whatever like um you you can't just put out a video for yourself and expect it to do well and then be mad when it doesn't like there's literally videos where i'm where i sit around and say like i wanted to make this video like I think I did the Felix the house cat video a couple weeks ago. And, um, I, I was like, it was doing like terrible, like YouTube, you know, how it goes. It tells you how terrible you're doing. <laughs> and, and I was automatically just like, well, yeah, of course it's going to be like, I'm talking about music in a very personal sense with someone who I like, you know, this is a video that I'm just doing. I'm not trying to market it to anyone. I'm just putting it right. out there as a history of something I did. Um, and I know like, if I wanted to get views, you literally know exactly what to do. Um, yeah, I was talking to Simon the Magpie. Oh um, yeah, we played Minecraft and stuff, and um, that, you know, that dude blew is up off that dude's of,
0: hilarious. His channel,
1: no, I, I love Simon. You know, he had an interesting start, uh, but he blew up after the whole like uh, toy cat video synth thing. Uh, it got like front page of Reddit or something. And so like he he went from like, I swear it went from like 15,000 to like 100,000 like, like that, right? And, yeah. um, you know, just after talking to him, you know, we kind of had the same um, reflection on the YouTube thing. And it's just like, oh, if we want to do like views, you know exactly what to do. Like at some point, You just, you understand how the thumbnails work. You understand what people who would might look at your channel would know. Then you also know the like sharing viral side. Like you just, you know, like how to do well. And then it's really, do you wanna play that game or do you not? Because, you know, he just said like, he's like, I know what to do. He's like, if I wanna wanna do like 100,000 views, I I know what to do. (laughs) And you can see it on his channel. And he's been gone for about six months now. And I don't think people have realized but wow.
0: um, like he hasn't done any videos yeah. in the last six months. No, did he just get tired of it
1: or I mean, you know, if you if you if you don't care, you end up leaving from time to time because it's like, yeah. well, I didn't have anything to do. Like what you can't just yeah. keep talking at some point. It gets kind of like, you know, especially if it's not your job. Like, this is not how I make uh, I make a very <laughs> small amount of money. So it becomes like yeah, that's true. You just kind of shrug it off like, okay, that was three months ago. I didn't really have anything to say though. So I guess I'll say something when it's time. I'm trying now though. I I kind of, I'm, I just need to get like a, it is so like a, what do you call that? Momentum based. Hmm. Like if you're yeah. not in the flow of like, okay, Saturday, I'm going to do this. And you know, you just end up not doing anything, at least for me. No,
0: I had the same thing a couple of years ago. Like I, I used to teach screaming tutorials as my main type of content. Yeah, I remember. And, uh, I I did that like from 2010 to like 2015 or something, or 2013, mm-hmm. um, and they got my channel from like nothing to like 5,000 people, but I just got so bored yeah. of talking about it that I just quit for a couple of years. Like I would upload a video yeah. every six months or once a year, and I switched content types then, to starting to mm-hmm. get into music production because i just started getting into electronic music and and then eventually like i found a new niche and then eventually just got bored of that um and so mm-hmm. um you know i've been consistent for the past two years like every week and then twice a week sure um but the, mm-hmm. the way that i got around that was finding multiple content types that would both keep me happy and also keep the, the people happy um yeah and that's kind of where this type of content came into play like I love doing the Facebook ads videos because um, I still yeah. I'm involved in the Facebook ads every day, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: I couldn't do that every video. I would get bored. So this type of content yeah. is talking with people and uh, learning about what what they do. Uh, it's it's always new, right? Because every person's different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so I'm guessing that's what you're finding too. Like you gotta. You, I saw you've been doing live streams more and more over the past couple
1: months. Yeah, I just. I I felt like, you know, uh, I was starting to like live streams, being that we were kind of in quarantine, like it became like the new, I guess, because I'm not like a super avid TV watcher, I'm like a movie guy, like I like to watch a movie like beginning to end, Um, and if I'm not watching movies, I'm usually just gonna watch YouTube. And I found that content creators really have a hard time going between like under 10 minutes, like 10 minutes and under, and like a long form video. It's, it's really hard like to do something that's longer. And I personally, the whole time I was kind of going about the channel, I was like, I wanna do longer videos. But I realized that that can, unless it is very engaging and you do a good job, it, it gets boring like very quickly. And I don't wanna yeah. waste people's time or be boring. So I thought, okay, I can keep doing the short videos because, Uh, And I even think YouTube sort of saw this because of the whole move to eight minutes for mid-roll ads. They could see that it's hard to get to like 10 minutes, uh, mainly because once you're doing that, you're padding it. Like, you know, the amount of videos where someone would literally like put like a minute of black at the end to get the like 10.01. Yeah, It it was ridiculous. So um, I'm more like I'll do, I'll do live streams because those work. Like I get a lot of, for me, when I'm getting like a hundred people in the, in the, into those live streams, like at the same time, I'm always like, dude, like that's a lot <laughs> of people because I, I look at channels like Sonic State and they're getting like maybe a hundred, 150. And I'm like, why are people here for my channel? But I'm just saying like those do well, yeah. but that's for a certain audience. Certain people just like the live streams.
0: Right, and, and one cool thing about your channel is you kind of have a what seems like a cult following almost which is i mean like i'm not gonna say like Mm. like tool or like you know a band that has like a hundred thousand person cult following but i mean like to me you've you've been one of like my favorite youtubers in that in that niche because like uh you have you like you only put out stuff when it's super high quality and at least that's what i my opinion of it i'm sure you're your own worst critic with with stuff but (laughs) yeah um (laughs) There's that and then also like – I don't know. Like I look at your following on like like Twitter and you've gotten a lot of people to follow you on other platforms. It's not like people just go follow you and never interact with you again. They show up video after video after video yeah, even when you weird. wait months on end to put it out. Um, and I, I think – It's very bizarre. It is but it's 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 amazing that you've been able to I,
1: – I, I find it bizarre because I, I, I don't – like especially Instagram. Instagram is one of those weird things where I'm just like – I, I sit around and I'm like, I don't really push this, like, you know, there it's exactly the same as YouTube. I'm like sort of here and I'm sort of off. Twitter, I'm also the same, like I'm super sporadic. Like sometimes I'll be like, dude, I tweeted like three times a day and then I won't go like for like <laughs> two or three weeks without tweeting because I'm just like, I'm off, like I'm off this. Um, but yeah, it's re- it's really weird. And like the, the amount of people that interact is just so, it's so weird to me because I, I know this is, this is just a thing. I know that people like, this is a different generation where people like uh, look up to people on YouTube and they kind of, mm. they like want to interact and fan out about it or whatever. But I honestly, I, I think about it, I'm like, dude, like other than being a maybe slight slightly more known musician <laughs> than certain people, I'm just a guy sitting in a freaking like you know a freaking house in a small corner like that's all i that's how i feel so it's weird because um there's only a few things i've done where i felt really good about like that was important the jexus thing was the most was super important because i was like that was like very impactful for many communities that i used to be like a part of um but aside from that i'm just like you know (laughs) just like a guy i don't know
0: that's that's how everyone i've talked to has portrayed it too like i I talked to this rapper he's got like three hundred thousand monthly listeners on spotify and he makes a living off of streaming revenue and and he's just like it's never really hit me i still just feel like a a guy that's at home uploading music and and i guess a lot of people like it but to him he's kind of like it 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 doesn't hit him and sometimes when i think about it too it's like even with like Seventeen thousand subscribers on YouTube, which is like small compared to what a lot of big channels. You think like that's a lot of people that decided yes in my content. And mm-hmm. for you, it's mm-hmm. like thirty-five thousand. Um, mm-hmm. You kind of forget it in the day-to-day of just being. Oh yeah. Year. Yeah, they,
1: it was the whole story. Goes I. W- I remember starting and wanting to get one thousand. I just remember that I was like literally. Um, I just. I made that the goal because I thought that a thousand, because I'm just being me, like I'm me with my own version of like self-esteem and I'm like, "Ah, I'm worth a thousand. I think I'm worth a thousand, (laughs) right? And then after a thousand, I remember just being like, wow, like I can't believe that happened, right? And I remember I was just having fun with it and there was like, there's no money, it was just fun. And um, then someday Weirdly, like a, I feel like a year after that, I hit like 10,000 and I was just like, I don't care. <laughs> like none of this matters anymore because like I, I, the goal was never to like do it as my job or like do it as my, um, you know, something where I was gonna, where I was like owing people like a video a week. It was just like, um, you know, especially cause you talk about Spotify. Um, hmm. I looked the other day, um, I don't know if you know who Sarah Too Ill is, yeah, she she, goes on Spotify. She was on uh, Andy she, Wong's a Andrew Long's channel, while back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like I looked her up on Spotify, right? I could not believe she gets over nine hundred thousand spins, like monthly plays. That is wow, so many. Yeah, like that's a lot of people. That is a ton, right? And I I looked at her channel, and she's like prolific with it, like in terms of like, like. She's making the beats on the YouTube and then she's like putting the beats up. Like I saw, she, she did like maybe three or four releases like already this year or something like 10 song like uh, <laughs> look things or right whatever. Now. Yeah, she goes by Sarah the Instrumentalist on Spotify though, something different. Oh, right. Um, yeah. But yeah, I just couldn't believe, I was like 900,000, like, how is that possible? Yeah, there she um, is
0: and 900,000 monthly listeners. So she's yeah. like, she's probably getting, cause that's just people. Each one of those people yeah. probably listens to a couple songs per month and she's probably getting like 2 million streams per month, which is essentially enough to like, like almost live off of by itself.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy about it. It's just like, it's very rare that you find someone in the, YouTube, like crossover world, because like, I feel like sometimes there's issues with perception, Mm. right? Like you can't be like, um, I don't know. It's like, you can't be a teacher and also like a musician, because like, then if you weren't, if you were a better musician, you wouldn't be teaching, you know, it's this weird thing. So she's done a good job of, uh, you know, crossing over
0: yeah and we got a got a comment in the chat someone asked uh how many streams a year is minimum wage and (laughs) that's so i I actually she's actually making a a really good living from that because three hundred and fifty thousand streams per month is minimum wage and uh 1.5 million streams per month is like engineering salary like hey so she's making a pretty good living off of just uh Spotify and and for everyone else in the chat, I'm um, sorry I haven't said hey to you. Um, <laughs> I, I am taking questions. I'm just only gonna gonna grab them when they're like relevant to the do uh, whatever we're talking about. So it's not out of place and stuff. Just to let you guys know. But
1: <laughs> what's up? What's up uh, everybody in the chat?
0: Yeah. Uh, why don't you why don't you introduce yourself so people aren't like who the heck is this guy?
1: <laughs> oh yeah yeah. So I'm a uh, I go by Noir Blanc V. I have my YouTube channel that is the same name. I am not from France, but the channel was uh, created, inspired on a train between France and London. And that's why the name is what it is. Um, And it's supposed to mean something, but uh, it doesn't because everyone from France has told me that I'm terrible. So it no longer means anything. Doesn't it, it means like black and white something or? It's supposed to be la vie and noir blanc. That would be the correct way. But the way that I decided it was, is it's not that necessarily. It was based on the black and white keys, right? So the yeah. piano, cause that's my main instrument. And so it's just not the same, but you know, I've been criticized at least twice a year for the last like three years. So. Wow, uh, that's hardcore. I mean, you know, people just can't let it go. People can't let it go. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm mainly a, uh, at this point. I'm mainly a YouTube creator and a um, producer musician. But I also do like a lot of video work. I enjoy doing video on the side. Um,
0: yeah. So is, yeah. is video your main line of work? Like, is that the day job?
1: Yeah, I worked in video production for, man, like 10 years, I guess now. Wow. Right? Like, um, I mainly, uh, when I got out of college, I had decided that I wanted to go work in studios, and I worked in studios for a while, realized that that is, awful. And, um, after that, I realized that like doing like sound and stuff for, for film and stuff is just a bit more cohesive to like being able to have a a good balance because when you work in the studio life, um, you know, it was great. I met so many cool people. I remember I met like DJ Quick and I met RZA, I met David Banner and I met all these people that were great. Right. But like, I'm just sitting there being like a, like a pleb, like (laughs) basically doing like their bidding for like, at that point for like 8 bucks an hour and working like 16 hours a day uh, like wow. drinking coffee, like it was it was terrible um yeah. and you realize sometimes like and also I hated music at that point cuz all I was doing was doing other people's music i hated music um so eventually i was just like well, you know what the best thing for me is like i don't love like sound for film as much so that will allow me to have this good balance where I can go and do my own thing, do music. Yeah. And it doesn't seem to conflict with like what I have to do to like eat. And, and that's always been my thing anyway with, with YouTube is like, I, I never want to get to the point where like I'm having to do a video to eat because I, right. I don't, I just don't like the obligation part of it. It kills everything for me Pers- like creatively. They just, I just, yeah. I just um uh, which yeah I, I think people watch and i don't do sponsorships and it's not really because i'm like i hate sponsorships it's because i don't want the obligation and once you do a sponsorship there's like deadlines and there's like expectations yeah. and i just wanna it's all me i buy it i'll do a video when it's when and when i do it and that's that's crazy too because you
0: do videos on like five thousand dollars synthesizers too like uh did you, you get uh, yeah. any of that stuff like on loan from them like will they send you oh, copies yeah. or okay that's good
1: <laughs> yeah 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 it, it's more like if you get something on loan they seem to not care so much about getting it back at any certain time it's yeah. all about like once you take something um i mean there's that there's a saying there's no such thing as a free lunch and that's yeah. sort of what that's how it works like um regardless of what people probably think if you know, you know, the company has a guy whose job is to like, maximize like product, uh, maximize like the return on the investment and their investment yeah. is, oh, hey, I have this free thing, you wanna check it out? So they give it to you or whatever, and they want something, they need the return on investment for their job. It's not just fun and games, right? So yeah. um, if you just get something on loan, It's almost like there's no, there's nothing there. It's just like, they forget sometimes that you even have it. Like, they're like, oh yeah, the the thing, yeah. um, Try to send (laughs) it back at some point in the future. And then you're just like, okay. um, Yeah, because I I think those loaner
0: copies, they're usually, um, they're treated more like they'll have a couple loan units and they just get bounced between Mm -hmm. different people. Yeah. Um, Because I'm in the email chains for a few different, companies that do that outreach for for like synth companies. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they never want to send me a, you. well now I don't really do that kind of video anymore, but they, it would always be hard to get a unit, but for software mm-hmm. it'd be super easy to get a free coffee or something, oh, yeah, so they yeah. just send you the code or whatever. Um, but they never really wanted anything in return other than just like, send us any links you generate using the gear. Yeah. Um, but when like DistroKid, for example, has sponsored two of my videos, um, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, they they're they're giving you money to make a video and they don't Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they won't say what you can or can't say i'm sure some sponsorships work like that but they still want a video to come to them by a certain deadline and you know they'll mention like hey i'd like it if you brought up these couple services that that we just added because you know i i do music marketing it's the same thing i want to return on my investment when i spend 500 bucks marketing a song yeah exactly um more people to
1: understand that that it's everything is sort of a it's it's sort of a weird bartering system with all kinds of things in the world of youtube and stuff because like um you know a piece of content doesn't mean anything if it doesn't reach the right people right so there's a reason why certain certain companies look at certain channels with certain sizes and they wonder why i only have 500 subscribers but i make such good videos like how come Mm -hmm. they don't you know, there's this whole uh, system where um, it, it, it it's not what you think it is sometimes because before I got into it, it was very new. And I feel like over time, um, it's just going to keep going like up and up and up with like the amount of like, um, I guess, trust and also like if you're talking monetary stuff that goes into like people like yourself and other creators where uh, companies, you know, and then in the music side of things, it's not as crazy unless you're maybe in like the guitar side, because the guitar and those sides seems to be a lot more like heavy, like money over there, weirdly. Um, yeah. But uh, if you talk about like computers, like the PC market and stuff, I mean, those videos, it's like every single video is the manufacturer sending to the to the people, you know, yeah. and there's, there's big money. It's a lot of, you know, they're cranking out videos constantly. Um, right. And I'm sort of happy that that hasn't happened on this side but at the same time I'm sort of sad because I know there are a lot of creators who want to make a living and they yeah. just can't because the music isn't they're they're still trying to be old school with their dumb magazines and stuff so yeah I think whatever. I think
0: Bo Beats has done a really good job in the music gear spot of like doing sponsorships but uh like yeah. handling it right and securing them on a regular basis cuz he went full time yeah. remember it was a couple of years ago when he announced it like guys i'm finally full-time and i just had yeah. a kid or i just had a second kid or yeah. something and it was it was kind of i mean it's it's awesome to hear and i remember him getting flack on social media of people oh, of complaining of about like i don't like the sponsorship and you're just being bought out by these companies and uh, i've never thought of it like that and obviously you know you don't either because uh, what you just said but I, it's like you know you you do a video, you, you're very transparent about it being a sponsorship. It's like, who cares? Like, it enables him to make all that good content. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, if- you want the content. He wants to do this so he doesn't have to work another job. It's, it's literally just a trade-off, yeah. right? Um, and nothing is free, even though I can say, like, oh, you can watch my content for free on YouTube. YouTube is charging you with your time. That's how it works. They... And that's been everything since the beginning of like ads-supported media, right? The yeah. beginning of, you know, uh, radio in like the, uh, you know, well, I guess it, do we count that as the mid 1900s or whatever? When you know people are sitting around and it's like, sign up for Camel brand smokes, you and the people sitting there. So it's weird that people rail against um, ads and and. It's, uh, I guess, uh, sponsorships because it's literally like ingrained in our society. So oh, yeah. you're trading your time for this media. That's, that's the, that's a trade off. That's it. Yeah. I mean, I, it's weird. I understand that. I don't like sitting through, uh, commercials on radio or wherever I don't, but I know that that is the trade off I'm trading. And it's fine. I, yeah. I and there's, understand that.
0: There's other options too. like on, on YouTube. If you don't want ads like I, I buy yeah. YouTube premium for that reason. Me too. Uh, and yeah, I've, I've had it for I don't even know what an ad is on YouTube. <laughs> yeah. And I it's like when people I haven't had people ever complain about ads on mine, but I'll go on like someone else's channel and they'll have ads every yeah. like 10 minutes on like a long video and see people complain. And I just I'm like, ads exist on YouTube, I forgot about it. Cause yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. I don't know, it's like $6 a month and you save hours of your life over the course of a year.
1: Uh, exactly, yeah. It's funny people people complaining about the thing that I, so like sometimes I'll go on a computer that I'm not logged in as, as me. Oh, and yeah. something will pop over and be like, what is yeah. going on here? This This service, I cannot believe this. Yeah. Um, because yeah, the ads, but i'm fine I'm fine with it like i'm used to it but yeah i've had spotify i'm spotify i've had youtube premium for like at least like two or two or more years like i'm fine paying for it like i think it's worth um not having the i'll be honest yeah it's only 15 bucks for me i don't know how you get your six dollar freaking one but i need to find I, out i thought how. it
0: was cheap well I, I don't subscribe to the YouTube Music.
1: Mm, so maybe okay maybe i need to figure out how to like do this
0: unless i just separately. haven't been paying attention to my bill and maybe it is 50 now but either way it's still it's still worth the cost i mean that's, that's know, what netflix cost and i mean it's the same with spotify like you can watch stuff on spotify or listen for free but you're paying with ads every like five songs or whatever. exactly
1: Exactly, and real realistically when you think about the time like the the balance of like five second skippable ad uh, as long as a person doesn't put like mid-rolls or whatever it's like you're getting usually at least ten times you know what geez no you're getting like a <laughs> hundred times because maybe they'll shoot like a f- uh, five minute video but you're yeah. doing five seconds and you skip the ad it's like I don't know people's people's math yeah. well uh, when you when you watch TV you might watch it.
0: three minutes of ads for every to eight minutes of content and sometimes it's one-to-one like depending on what you're watching to ads to content and uh youtube it's as you said like 10 times better than that or something you know
1: <laughs> yeah There the whole like the whole tv thing i i was dating this girl this is a while ago and she wanted to watch like america's got talent and i'm sitting there like are we watching an ad show or are we watching a show like i i've seen yeah. so many ford Uh, F-150 commercials, I'm like, I'm done, like.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of wasted too, because I mean, for me personally, I'm never going to buy a Ford F-150 truck. I'm never (laughs) gonna
1: buy a truck, so it's- Those commercials, I'm like, who are you placing that? Literally, I'm like- You're in LA too, right? There's a commercial for a 40,000, yeah. There's a commercial (laughs) for a $40,000 truck on tele, you're trying to, how could you you even like, try to sell that over a commercial?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And like, especially if they were advertising it in, I don't know, New Hampshire or Maine or somewhere in the South, it'd be more relevant. Right. But for you in LA, I feel like it'd be much more relevant to target like an electric vehicle or like something that resonates with the culture of the,
1: this. Yes. Which YouTube can do because they're doing a better job of targeted ads. Right. Right. Um, Yeah. Like I'm sure you get music
0: ads all the time. Right. Like music gear ads and software. Arturia ads.
1: Yeah, it was Arturia ads. What before it was like, dang Arturia, they don't stop. Like they know how to, they know how to make commercials. Like it's literally, it was like Arturia and waves, like constantly. Oh yeah, waves. Uh, waves. The joke of waves, right? Where uh, if the plugin you don't, if the plugin you want is not on sale, just wait a day. Yeah, <laughs> it will. It
0: will be. Well, and. and- Every time I recommend plugins, like Waves has some, you know, like for Waves Tune and L1 Ultra Maximizer and stuff like oh, yeah. that. Like I tell people like to get their plugins when I'm recommending stuff, but I'm always like, if you can, wait till Black Friday, it'll be like some yep, crazy yep. deal that you'll never find. But even that, like, just wait till the next holiday. Wait till like, yeah. I don't know, uh, Independence Day or wait till
1: Mother's Day or wait till Father's Day and it'll be on sale. Uh, yeah, I think, I think Waves probably has a big calendar somewhere and they marked off every holiday for every like sect or religion or ethnic group. And they're just like, hmm, okay, like we don't want them to get too close together. So they just, they put like one, like every, and or, or yeah. just like, they, they're like, oh, it's, it's hot outside. Waves, hot summer <laughs> sale, And it's just like, bang. bang.
0: Believe it or not, that, that strategy works very well. Cause I, I sell sample oh. packs and contact libraries through Generous yeah. Studios. And uh, anytime I'm like, I want some extra like I want to get some extra sales. I could I'm going away for the yeah. weekend, get some extra cash. Um I'll be like, "Well, it's it's summer." I'll announce like a summer sale that'll <laughs> give people 50% yeah. off um or 30% off whatever it is and send it to my email list and it's it's a really like common strategy and not just for sure. things like artists use it too. Like they'll have their t-shirts like 10% off or they'll sell their music 30% off and uh
1: it works. No, it, it, it works. Sales are the only way I buy anything, anyway. So, I mean, I'm always waiting for the sale. Um, yeah, the uh, yeah, I, I love I love Waves stuff. Even though people be like, oh, forget it. like Waves is so like old and outdated. But I'm just like, you know what? They're kind of like uh, they're like Pro Tools, where yeah. it's like Pro Tools. It's just there, and you remember it. You remember the name. And you know, it's going to, you know, they're not going to like go out of business. uh, So they're going to update their plugin. I mean, they're up, they still update their dang Renaissance plugins from like 1996. Right. So. um, Get you
0: into that update plan too.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Every time I see that, I'm just like, what am I supposed to do? $120. What what does this do?
0: (laughs) Yeah. And it's sometimes they get you because you'll, you'll upgrade your operating system and it won't like support it anymore. And uh, then you have to go and upgrade to get from V five to V six. And it's like, okay, I don't know what happened. You just basically just mandated to me that I have to pay you money, so I guess I'll pay you money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I'm like, what am I doing with this thing? I, I I have like a small amount that I use. Um but you know what? You get used to things. And I think as like musicians and stuff, um, I've I've heard the whole like musicians are very like um, um what's the word? Uh Thing. What's the word for like, when you're afraid of a black cat, stereo, no wait, um, superstitious, super, yes. musicians are very superstitious, right? So it's like, well, that's my vocal chain. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh, I can't like, I can't record without my vocal chain. Right? So um, yeah, same with like the waves. It's like, yo, like, <laughs> I know a lot of compressors, but like my Renaissance compressor, <laughs> Yeah. I, I know it, I know it's gonna work.
0: I've been like that for, for a long time and I'll go through these fads of of what I use. And right now I'm on a um, yeah. gain reduction pro or gain reduction. Two is like what I use on all my vocals, no matter what. Um, and okay. before that, it was like this gigantic stack of like ten waves plugins. And then game was like a plugin that replaced all of them. And so just dropping on the track. Vocals sound great. Done. And uh, but yeah, Who it makes I, it uh, jst joey sturges tones um they're big in the metal okay. world so it's like a, okay like, mainly like the, the guy who owns that company is the producer of um asking alexandria and a few other metal projects okay and he makes all these plugins that are essentially just the way he produces those artists in a plugin so mm-hmm. he reduces this giant stack to one. Oh, thing. cool and um they're great for for vocals and they also have guitar plugins like emulation emulating amps and stuff and Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I swear by that, and it's cheap too. Like they do the same waves model where like stuff's on sale every other week. Um, you can get that plugin for like eighty percent off in the right week.
1: <laughs> but I mean, it's not a. It's just it's not a bad way to go when we're talking about digital products, you know. Um, hopefully, you know most of the time you do it, you make it once, and it can be yeah. useful. You know, I, I. I mean, I watch a lot of uh, video channels or whatever. They just make that LUT once and they just drop it on their, yeah. you know, site and they'd be selling that LUT like crazy because there's always going to be a new photographer, just like there's always going to be a new musician. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I've thought I, I don't know how I would give any value to that, but um,
0: <laughs> I'm surprised. Uh, I like good
1: vocal chains, man.
0: Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm surprised you haven't gone down the sample pack route ever because like with all your gear like you could make some dope sample packs and in fact what like after yeah. you made that jexus video and i never heard of him before that actually so i when you mm-hmm. had that i went through like researching him and spent like a couple hours doing that so <laughs> that was fun yeah. but like after that i was like oh man it would be a sweet idea to get him on a sample pack because everyone wants oh, it yeah and so i like emailed him and i was like would you ever want to do like a sample pack like we could we could split it like I'll do all the selling and I'll like, I'll make it so that it's super worth it for you and I'll market it. Yeah. And he was like, I just don't want to do that. <laughs> and I was, I was like, okay, that's cool. But
1: yeah. And then he, I think he did it sort of on his own. He tried, he made a, a but huge, he did it in the Jexus way. Yeah. And like a, in the Jexus way where, um, you know, very, um, very private and like, I think it's it's to like PayPal, like, you know, I yeah. I've learned. I've I've learned so much that um, people are so different. And when it came to like Jexus, I mean, honestly, I did, I just thought he wasn't going to do the video in general yeah. because you know no one knows this person really. Yet he had such a like like if my following is like cult ish, like he legit like yeah. has <laughs> like the cult following. His website is like it's basically like. You know i'm not saying it's like temple os like type shit, you know but like you know he's got yeah. like i mean he was he like, has the, like
0: he was like the og synth channel right yeah
1: Basically. i mean he is like the og like synth, like um but the way that he'd make those videos it's like a it's just insane the amount of work when i saw the sessions that he was making for these videos like way back with like old archaic software i'm just like Oh my gosh! Like I had no idea, and yeah. yeah, I mean he admitted like he was like, oh yeah, I was like a crazy person, like <laughs> just like, you know. But his dedication to doing it, I mean, he's brilliant uh, in the way that he that he does do it, and I'm glad that um, hopefully he can he can keep doing it um, now. Uh. Yeah. But yeah, I, I actually it was interesting. I watched some of your videos about screaming because <laughs> me growing up here in LA, uh, I used to uh, be in like Orange County a lot, where Orange County had a big like uh, I, I don't I guess it was screamo esque back mm-hmm. in the day. Um, um this is a long time ago. Um, so there were bands and stuff, and I always remembered one of the like things that was that was awesome was like screamers. Who could also like sing and like one of my mm-hmm. favorite bands, um, still still one of my favorite records ever is uh, Finch's uh, "What It Is to Burn," um, and it's like that sounds familiar. Produced by who produced it? Um, uh, the same guy who produced like he's pretty big. He was oh, a pretty yeah. big producer. I remember in this
0: this band. I like their album "Say Hello to Sunshine."
1: Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. there you go. I love that album. Yeah, um, Finch was like so big for me, cause I was like, oh man, he can like sing too. And he would do such a yeah. great job. Um, do you find that like that time is over in terms of the younger generation? Cause I don't, I, sometimes I don't know what, what people are doing nowadays. Cause it seems like rock and roll, somebody forgot that like rock and roll people still need to be cool. <laughs> and so they became like dorks. And because of that, like hip hop became like so popular, like hip hop and pop became like so popular. And I was always like, see, the thing is you, you gotta make rock and roll cool again. Like you gotta make kids who are like doing rock, like gotta make them cool. Yeah. Like, you know, in the metal world,
0: it's, I mean, I, I don't know if it's any less common in terms of like people growing up and wanting to be like in a metal or rock project. Um, but you're right. The perspective has changed. It's no longer cool to be that. Like, if, yeah. if you do rock music, it's like, OK, boomer, you know,
1: kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Seriously. <laughs> it's like, what is what are those strings? OK. <laughs> yeah.
0: But it's it's you know, it's there's a there's a community for it. Like, it's still like hundreds. of. If you go on a big rock artist, they'll still have millions of monthly listeners and Spotify. Oh, yeah. And I mean, the the thing is, with metal music in particular, like periphery is probably one of the hottest metal acts out right now. Periphery. I would say. OK. Yeah. And I mean, at least in that niche of metal, they do the gent slash progressive metal thing. Um, yeah. And they only have like 120,000 monthly listeners on Spotify. And I don't mean okay. to say only, but when you think about any small hip hop artist—not super small—but sure. like, you can look up like any hip hop artist, and just you'll just pop yeah. in like a million follower or a million monthly listener one. And um, but these guys are still making making a living with it and doing it, but it's. It's a completely different like market, it seems like.
1: Yeah, I I guess I just sort of especially growing up, um, seeing that like rock rock uh, acts, like even I mean, I guess maybe they don't count, but they are on the edge, uh, yeah. Fallout Boy was like the last, like for me, was the like the last <laughs> group who appealed to young people um, and also cross over to this place where I was like, hey, they're also cool people. I would like yeah. to be in a group like Fall Boy. And then for some reason, it just took a dive and then every person was just like, it's either hip hop, it's pop or it's underground. Like there is nothing, um, yeah. and it's just like, all it takes is like, cause I keep feeling like it's gonna come around again. Cause it feels like it was so long ago that It was like that where I was, you know, I'm was I'm, I'm thinking like bands like that were cool. Like, you know, um, these are dumb <laughs> bands, but I'm just gonna say like uh, bands like uh, All American Rejects and bands like uh, Yellow Card and bands like uh, um, gee, I was about to say Nickelback, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> not Nickelback,
0: they haven't been cool since like something their corporate first song or something,
1: or something. <laughs> yeah. What am I thinking, you know, like yeah, um. Yeah those kind of where it was like, wow, it's cool. So I'm, I keep thinking like, shouldn't it be time for that to come back? And uh, it keeps not coming.
0: Yeah. Which is weird. Yeah. I, th- I think it's just, it's come, some stuff has come back, but it's like in a different scale. It hasn't like overtaken hip hop by any means. Like the, the kind of nineties Brock. I, I don't know how old you are. Are you also mm-hmm. a nineties kid? or are you
1: just? No, I'm eighties.
0: Okay. Well, you know, you, you went through the 90s, so you know, anyways, but, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, that kind of like late 90s stuff, like maybe Linkin Park or all those bands around them. They can, oh, yeah. Yeah. That kind of era is starting to kind of come sure. back more and more nowadays, but it's not like it's getting played on several radio stations. It's not like yeah. popping as
1: much as it is. That's that's the thing. It's literally like and I don't listen to a ton of radio, but when I look at like what's Around and what's happening—it's just—it's uh, so interesting. Like, um, you know, to like a, like take a Takashi six nine for for all intensive purposes, right? Um, yeah. It's just like what an interesting like. <laughs> it's literally, uh, it's literally a, it's like a Hispanic kid with rainbow hair and the number sixty nine on his face, <laughs> straight up. He's the most like popular like hip hop artist like yeah in the planet and it and it works because the people around him like know what to do. He gets to release multilingual albums, so he gets to. I mean, that's a huge market the Spanish right. Um, and I'm just and I'm like I'm like you know I like his music because it's it's fun to me. It's fun <laughs> like I just like it's it's like no one's gonna remember this in like well. It's yet to be seen, right? But uh, history tells us anything. Things like this, they're very, they're very, very popular. And then they kind of wane. It's kind like um, of like Soldier Boy. Power. Remember Soldier Boy? Yeah, yeah. Soldier <laughs> Boy, the same way. It's like, Soldier Boy is literally, like, this is crazy. Soldier Boy is literally like 25 right now. And people are like, oh, he's washed. <laughs> mm. Is he really that young? <laughs> it's crazy. Oh, snap. I, maybe you can look it up. But I, yeah, yeah. I swear, I feel like he's like <laughs> I feel like Soulja Boy is like, maybe he's like, he can't be 30 yet. I remember uh,
0: his his big way. Oh, my goodness. He's one year older than me. So he's 29.
1: How old is he? 29. Okay, he's 29. Wow, right? I didn't. He must okay. have been like
0: like a teenager when he. Uh...
1: Yeah. <laughs> it feel, It literally feels like a different planet that we're on where we're listening to like crank that. And now, I mean, not just now, but for the past like years, it's been like, oh, Soldier Boy, oh, Soldier Boy, washed, Soldier Boy. I'm just like, this, what a crazy like internal crisis you must have, where you're like, you know, 26, 27, people telling you you're washed, like that's yeah. your that's your whole life. Sucks. That,
0: that must, yeah, that must be very depressing for him actually thinking yeah. about that, because you always yeah. want to think about like, you know, the future and that the best days oh. are yet to come, kind of thing, and. And that's where yeah. I think a kind of slow, a slow career growth in anything is kind of always better than a fast career growth in anything.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. Because at least it prolongs the time to reaching something. Um, I think it's more. slow. yeah, yeah. And hip hop, it, it's re- it's weird. Hip hop is definitely the it's barely getting to the point where they're like uh, expressing uh, appreciation for the older generation. And it really only starts it only starts with like Jay Z. He's like the only one uh, who people are so like, oh yeah, okay, he's old, but we, we yeah, okay. Like, we accept that. Like, um, yeah. but you know, it, it's not the same. People aren't being like, oh yeah, you f- wanna see uh, Bismarck Like, unless it's like some throwback, like <laughs> weird thing, whatever.
0: You're a big synth guy, obviously. Um, And if I don't have you framed in the shot, but I'll show everyone in the the chat and watch the video, he's got a very sexy modular synth behind him. There we go. Now you're back in frame. (laughs) I just had to slide your Zoom chat over. But what's your uh, what's your your story and and love journey with with synth gear? Because it's it's like a big it's essentially entirely what your your channel is. It's it's synths.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Well, it was weird. I kind of just uh, started when I was, like, I I didn't even know why I got into sense other than that when I was young, there was a group um, by, well, it was the Neptunes. I mean, it doesn't make as much sense now because like the Neptunes aren't what they used to be. They still kind of are, but they're not like, they were so huge. At that time you know so the neptunes um basically they were into synths in, in a way uh on the, one of the covers of their albums uh even not the cover but the inside liner art one of the guys chad hugo was holding a microcord. yeah and uh i remember being like well that's cool like i don't know what that is <laughs> um and then I, I remember going to the and being a pianist right this is this kind of will weirdly makes sense. I was into like keyboards and like playing keys and pianos and stuff, right? So then, I'm, he's holding the microcorg, and I think it's like a normal size, right? So I go to the store, the guitar center, and the guitar center has the microcorg. I'm like, whoa, what the heck? These are mini keys. So I was like, I can't play this crap. <laughs> so I looked up like what the microcorg like was, and I remember looking at the article, and then it had, and then it came up that it was part of the ms2000b so then i was like oh it's the same thing so then i went and i asked my mom to buy me that for like my birthday or something yeah. and um that was how i got my first synth was and so my 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 hate towards mini keys goes way back uh, i guess <laughs> since people know me that i don't like them but
0: uh, i remember seeing when you did talked about the um what is it? The the Arturia Micro Freak that has the flat yeah, yeah. keys, and you yeah. were, you were just like, "What the heck, guys? Put real <laughs> keys in this thing." <laughs> and uh, I, I'm not even a keyboard player, and I like I, I mean I yeah. can play like some songs and write my stuff on key- keyboard, but like even for me, I like I would always prefer a full size keys or no keys because I just plug it into a mini controller.
1: Yeah, yeah. That that was, and I get it. I get what they were going for. Um, but you know, it, it's, and it also my thing was, it was all about like a personal situation with that. I remember like even yesterday, someone was like, he wrote to me saying like, well, this is why Bukla lost the trade war to Mo because all the people like you were complaining about your precious psychedelic sins. And he's like, see, and this is what conformity is all about. Like this is conformists, right? And I And then I just wrote back and I was just like, well, aren't you trying to make me conform to what you want by? <laughs> so I was just yeah. like, this is so weird. Like everyone has such strong opinions. And for me, honestly, I wanted to get a little synth that was super light that could be part of like my live setup, right? And for it to be that thing, it needed to be, so it was cool because it was, It's polyphonic, the Micro Freak, um, and it's super small and light. So I was like, this is perfect. It's just like, I can't play that in the dark live and hit the right keys on a consistent basis. So it wasn't even about that. I hated the keyboard for being what it was. It was like, um, my personal situation would have been loving this, but you know. Do you play
0: shows? Well, not now, but before, did you play (laughs) regular shows?
1: I, the thing was, I was going to get into it and I had been asked for, to do it a few times. Uh, I had done it years before. Um, yeah. and I hadn't really gotten into it, but then people started asking, like with, uh, I mean, they just were like, Hey, if you, I would like you to like do a thing at this. And it was weird. So I was like, okay, if I'm going to do this, I want to bring this, in, this in, and this and this and so it'll work. Right. Which was I wanted to bring uh i wanted to bring like my tempest i wanted to bring my modular and then i wanted to mm. bring the micro freak right and so that would me- allow me to have like I-, I don't like bringing a lot of big stuff before when i would play with like groups usually i would bring my sv1 and i bring my Prophet six and this goes like years ago and it's just like i don't know if most people realize but it gets kind of like tiring to like bring stuff around gigging. Like I know that m- some people like it and it's fun. Like I like gigging um, sometimes, but it has to be so like fun for me to be like, oh, I'm gonna bring like a, a 30 pound synth, <laughs> like two 30 pound like synths in cases and unplug it and set it up and like, yeah. you know. So I just wanted things to be small and compact um, uh, if i'm gonna do it again it, it has to be fun like this is weird but all no, the whole the whole thing has to be fun um so this is not yeah. fun it's work for me
0: yeah that's how i feel too like if if like there's some things you got to do just because you got to do them you know in sure. life but as soon as things stop being like at least um sorry just something my computer popped up at least like Pers- like they give you personal satisfaction to do them. It's yeah. just like, I tend to just lose interest, you know? And then that yeah. means that long-term, I'm not gonna be able to to do it, you'll just quit. Um, and I do the same thing, like even though by day, by cr- my career as I'm a mechanical engineer, I get into that mm-hmm. because I, I like it and I, mm-hmm. I enjoy doing it. When I was working at Starbucks while I was in college, like I was like, I hate going to work every day. It's just not for me. Yeah. Um,
1: but yeah, people don't uh, sometimes get that like mm, it's easy when you're taking in the content to say things about it because the content is just given to you. And it's, it's really something for you to do. Right. Like this is maybe weird to say, but um, when it comes to like <laughs> YouTube isn't always fun because YouTube has people watching and those people can talk to you. Sometimes that is like the problem um, because all you really want to do is like you as a creative, right? You just, you get pleasure out of the creation process, right? And if you put it out there, you're kind of giving it to yourself to be like, hey, if you guys enjoy this, you can watch this. And you're just, mm. that's kind of the end of it, right? Part Partially. Um, so it's weird because uh, I, I, I think that um, everything can weirdly take away from how enjoyable doing things are. And I always wonder about mainstream celebrities. Um, like I yeah. recently, and I, I have yet to ask this person, but um, I recently weirdly realized um, like like Flying Lotus, who I looked up to forever, right? Um, he like, he went in, he jumped in my live stream once, uh, this was like a month ago. And I was like, I, could, I didn't believe it was him first off, because that's dumb, like the Flying Lotus would do anything that has to do with me. <laughs> so anyway. Um, what well, we've kind of sparked up like a you know, small friendship, like talk about things via DM or whatever. And I keep wanting to ask like, what is someone who has like true notability, um, what is it like being a creator or a musician and having like, not just you, know, you or I, tens of thousands of people who have the ability to watch you, but like millions of people, like, what is it yeah. like? Does it like take away from it that like people are gonna like say things to you? like? I just wonder, like, what is, like, does Kanye West, does he care? Is he that much of, like, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I, I get what you're saying. Like, it's, it must, it must change something for them in a way. Like, it, whether it, it makes it less fun or enjoyable or if it, I don't know. Because, like, what, they, they get all this press about them, right? And, like, sometimes it's yeah. just this BS negative press about, like, their life or whatever. Yeah. And they're just like, I'm just a dude trying to release music or make videos or whatever yeah. you know, like i'm sure it's the same problem for like pewdiepie on youtube and oh
1: geez how does he even
0: <laughs> like he, he just plays <laughs> video games and puts it online and he gets so much crap for like i mean he live streams probably tens of hours yeah. per month like i don't you know a lot and he says like one offensive comment oh, yeah. and he just gets slammed um and he's just like I'm just a guy playing video games. Like I let something some like I don't I don't remember exactly what it was, but like I let something offensive slip, and then all yeah. of a sudden the world is attacking him. I wonder how that feels
1: too. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I I remember because uh, I, I I used to I used to watch PewDiePie a lot more um, than I do now. But I think I mean I still would, but I was definitely on a big kick at some point, especially when he was doing like his T series thing when he was trying to get to hundred million subscribers, right? And yeah. um, I realized that, uh, you know, every one of us is just like a person. Like we're just people. The only difference is like our mistakes, we sometimes do them on the internet or our yeah. mess ups are <laughs> public knowledge, right? And um, yeah, I remember when like, um, like, and this is, this, I would I would definitely segue into this real quick. I remember when PewDiePie was getting so much crap before, it's like, it's because he said the N word, right? In a live Mm -hmm. stream. And he had done this on the back of doing some like, some like, uh, I guess like, I, I don't wanna say Nazi, but it was sort of like a Nazi inspired thing, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, okay, well, him saying that should be incredibly offensive to me. And like, while yes, it was, I also realize that, like, he's just a guy. Like, yeah. I, I don't know why we sit here and we have the saying, like, nobody's perfect, yet we expect perfection.
0: Right. Um,
1: <laughs> and It's, it's not like have... he
0: aired it during, like, a lot. Like, if he scripted, like, a short-form video and said it, I feel like it would have a much bigger impact yeah, yeah. than, than if he says it in a live stream, <laughs> especially if, if he's doing something – Like, I don't know, it's talking about a game and it's something relevant to the game. You know, he might get a little feisty and and let something slip. And, you know, that doesn't necessarily mean it's like the best thing in the world. But I think it it means something different than if you're scripting something and purposefully putting it in content.
1: I, I don't know why it's just a thing that's come up so much recently that i just I just noticed, like, like and this is the hard part, like creators that I sort of um, followed and looked up to almost, maybe this is poor decision-making on who I follow, but uh, every single one has had some sort of like a controversy. Like um, you may not know these people, but these are like video game channels that I sort of was kind of around to. I remember when the angry video game nerd was like doing his feature film. And he had like these issues with like the funding and people felt like he was taking the money and mm. not like, not like correctly, like investing it into the movie. And there was this whole controversy around like that and speculation. And so then it was like, okay, well, I guess, you know, people are saying that he's like taking money from them. This is weird. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, so that's bad. And then I have other people like, um, Pro Jared is a guy that I watched for a long time on the videos Um, and then like he recently had the whole thing of sending the news to like kids or whatever but then it was found like to not be true but he made something and then PewDiePie with the N word and John Tron saying like other racist things. These are all people who I like modeled my channel like around (laughs) and it's so hard because I sit there and say like, well, but these are just people. I don't know how else I'm supposed to like come to a, come to a fine place because like, you know, has my sister lied to me in the past? Sure, I mean, she's a person that's, you know, no one's perfect, Um, but it's so, it's so weird. As soon as you're, as soon as you're any sort of a public figure at any like level, um, yes, there are some terrible things that you can do that probably should send you to jail, (laughs) right? But um, I guess if like, I, I mean, I guess, and even at that point, it's kind of the law, that's the it's the justice system that's supposed to take care of it, not like the internet, like yeah, police, yeah. Uh, right? And so, <laughs> it's just weird, you know? Um, it's just weird to yeah, have come up in a time where that's sort of what it is. It's like, did you do something bad once? Um, right, yeah. Well, we're gonna make sure we find it and then we're gonna like put it everywhere and, I'm sure. I, I mean, I've definitely done dumb shit, but um, <laughs> at, at some least point at you have least to most of your videos
0: on. are um, are are like pre-planned and and you know edited and stuff. There's not like you're on on a live setting all the time.
1: It is weird because, like you said, um, it, it's and I guess that kind of even goes to like platforms, right? Like all the people who who did so well on Vine, right? Yeah, it's lost to. I mean, I not that I've ever. Really paid attention to Vine, but I guess it shut down, which means the servers and everything go away too. Yeah. So all of your online success, like we can look at the Jake Pauls and the Logan Pauls and uh, the Gabby Hannas and be like, oh, they're still there, but the chronicle of what they did and um, you know, there's so many others that were right. just not at that level, but they were still huge. Maybe those people just evaporated, kind of got lost, lost forever. in time
0: almost. Like they, yeah. they build something are, cool. People aren't
1: even gonna remember Vine in 10 years because they'll just be like, because those yeah. Vine people will now be so old that it won't matter what happened at all, right? So, um, but then also yeah. it's weird because people don't want physical things as much, right? So if you release like, um, if you release a, a physical album alongside, like your, like say you say you're like very niche, and you're like, you know what, I want to do cassettes and I want to yeah. do vinyl, right? Um, well, you're never gonna sell as many cassettes and vinyl as you do uh, digital streams. Um, but just because it's real and tan- like just because it's physical, does it mean it's more valuable? I mean, right? I don't know. It's kind of it's kind of at the point
0: where it's it's not. And, and for a lot of people, it's less valuable because they don't even own a CD player. You know, <laughs> it's like they yeah. the, the value of a CD and a cassette and a vinyl record has turned into a novelty almost like yeah. I, I bought the new Tool go. album that came out. Uh, is it was it this year or was it last year? now but they came out with a new album after like 12 years of not releasing music. And I bought the hell out of that. The second it was available, I bought that CD. I've never played the CD. I opened it and looked at the artwork and the cool things they included with it. Because their album artwork actually had a built-in LCD screen. And when you opened it, it started playing custom movies that were built just for the thing, like a custom experience and a little booklet with custom art just for people who bought it. Um, And I never even played the CD. I wanted it because I wanted something from that band. And that's Kinda wear CDs and uh, cassettes and vinyl. I mean, vinyl's kind of come yeah. back as a, you know, for those hipster kids who have record players. Sure. Um, do you have a record player?
1: I don't have a record player because I have addictive personality, and you know what happens <laughs> to people with addictive personalities and record players? You end
0: up with a ten thousand dollar <laughs> modular synth collection. That's what happens. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah, see, I didn't. I didn't even want this, and now here I am. Uh, I should have pointed that out actually in the video. I, I did the live stream yesterday where I said like, reasons not to go into like Eurorack. Um, yeah. I would say my, my, this is like a reason I gave five. So reason honorable mention is um, it is not always easy to get out of Eurorack. People, right. you know what I'm saying? Like you go and you're like, I put 5,000 into my Eurorack, right? because it's so personalized, it's not easy to always like, you know, go liquid on like, like say, say like, say, um, you know, shit hits a fan and I like need to like, I need like three grand, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's gonna be real time consuming to get out of like my $5,000 investment, like trying to like piece out yeah. the things and like people are are so like, you know, in their head about uh rack stuff, so the nice thing is that I like the, like stuff. The modules like, hold their value. I'm just gonna value. say, like, yeah, it's just hard to piece out. Like sometimes, like if I wanted like um, like I have my sub thirty seven or something. If I wanted like um, thousand bucks or something, right? It's just like oh, that's easy to let go of, right? Like you know. And I think like people people will say like, well, you should keep, you keep your instruments forever. And I'm like, dude, as a like creative person, I can't say how many times in the past I had to sell like my Nintendo Wii to like make rent or I had to sell like my Rolling Phantom X to like make rent and eventually you'll get it back, you know, but like you, you realize like, and that's why a lot of times, like I invest in like higher end equipment. It's really Mm -hmm. about like the value proposition of being like, you might have to, you might have to get, give this up at some point. Right. And if I just really bought all like Behringer, like 120, $50 $50 cents. Yeah. Got some of those right there. <laughs> yeah, which I like, right? It doesn't, it's like, I'm not gonna get like a sub 37 in a decent economy, right? It holds pretty steady, like value wise for some reason. Hmm. And it's just like, I don't know, I grew up having to like, let like go of pieces just cause I had to eat and uh, so. Yeah. yeah, and
0: I mean that, like I bought a Juno 106 like uh, two years ago yeah. or something. You know, that's literally how made much did that cost? Twelve hundred, and it was made wow. in nineteen eighty four. Like, and it was refurbished too. It had like new new yeah. um, voice cards, I guess they call them. They're like the, sure. the actual chips that have the oscillators yeah, yeah. on them. Um, but like that went up in value. I think that sold for a couple hundred yeah. bucks back in back in the eighties. And um, you know, I have a bunch of a bunch of cool things. That's the only vintage one, but
1: I mean, I've gotten isn't like isn't that magical? Do you, do you feel like it's magical when you get like a nice patch on the Juno 106? Cause yeah. I always say that, like I, 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 after the fact things that I played that I listened to, I'm like, that was a Juno 106. I'm like, you know what? There's, there's something to I it. I don't like to be, there's something weird about just how it all plays together. I don't know if you're hearing this weird, like nostalgia, because it's you playing in and you, or you're hearing it back, but it's just like, I just hear it. And I'm just like, it just, it's right. If there's yeah. a word it's just right <laughs> no that's that's how I, I lo- feel I like loved it
0: there's really nothing that should be special about it it's just no. it's just a, like a what is it a square wave a saw wave um, a sub oscillator mm-hmm. and then it's got that weird chorus and yeah for some reason the fact that it's you know 34 years 36 years old or whatever and the the combination of parts and the way it was built and just like nothing else in the world even the emulations really capture it Um, And maybe that's why we're like in this kind of synth nerdery world where like we love getting these analog synths that cost five times more than the software you could get. But I feel like they have something to them
1: like they're they're good. I agree. It was crazy. I bought my Juno 106 and I I don't have any more because I got sick of uh, I, I it's just at some point there's too many that I had. But the Juno 106, uh, I bought for $450 in 2000. And and the only reason I think I got it for that much was because um, it was after the recession, Uh, the Great Recession. So I think I bought the Juno in 2011, probably like 2011 or something. So people were like, I mean, I I remember being at the guy's house and I had the choice between like the JX-8P and Mm. uh, the Juno-106 and he was like 400 for the JX-8P or 450 for the Juno-106. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know. (sighs) And the worst, here's the worst thing. I resold the Juno-106, I think for, I think I maybe resold it for 500 bucks.
0: Oh man. I you just, could, yeah, I think like, I made a little bit on I it. I think they're
1: worth 1500 now on, like, Reverb. Yeah, oh, easy, easy, <laughs> easy, yeah, yeah. I sold a lot of, like, since back then. Like, I sold my GX3P, even my sequential multi-track, like, something I really liked. like. I guess sold so many, like, pieces, uh, you know, yeah. because it, it didn't, it wasn't hot, you know? Now, yeah. once once the micro, what, what was that, the micro-brute? That was the oh, start. Yeah, once was- Arturia did the micro-brute, it was the start of sub $500 since and people getting into uh, stuff again, you know, even like the profit. Oh, wasn't like a big, like, Oh, wow. We have like eight voice polyphonic because it costs yeah. like $3,000. So no one cared, but it was like, once Arturia did the microbrute and that's why I never, sh- I never going to shit on Arturia. It
0: yeah, they I, did a lot of good. I've um, I had the mini brute 2S and It was like Mm -hmm. a good synth. I just, I never used it. So I ended up, it was the only synth I ever sold in my life, which was, um, but I was never using it. And, but it it like worked, it did its job and it was, it sounded good. But I love their software a lot. Um, Yes. Their their emulation software is very fun at the very least
1: and sounds very good at the best. So. um, That's a good, that's a good uh, um, like way to describe it. I think that they've definitely hit it's enjoyable to use it, uh, a DST. Yes. Which ones do you use?
0: Um, I have the bundle, and so I kind of just open okay. up whatever one I'm feeling at the moment. Like, if I'm like, oh, I need keys, maybe I'll open up the DX7 and get, like, a key patch to get that vintage sound. Sure. Or if I want, like, a raw – not raw, but, like, a vintage analog synth, I'll open up the Jupiter emulation or – Okay. Um, a huge, the modular one is so detailed that I, I can't even bring myself to make a custom patch. I just use presets. I'm like the big like Moog original modular sure. series. Um, but it sounds so fat. It's like insane. Um, like the V
1: bundle or something?
0: Yeah. The Arturia, yeah it's like like... Arturia V6 or V7. I forget which one
1: that I okay. have. Um, but isn't that like how much is that? Like 300 bucks or something?
0: Yeah, it's it's just like all the wave stuff, it goes on sale every Black Friday for a good price. And
1: uh, I'll be honest, I I only do videos on like hardware. And the only reason I do hardware is because hardware isn't going to go anywhere. And so I will always have like reoccurring people because you know, people buy old things and people buy, you know, it's always this like cycle of like having to look up something versus like software where I, where people don't, it's not gonna last as long sometimes. Yeah. Um, I know some of the things I used to love, like Orange Vocoder, I love the Orange Vocoder. They don't have the Orange Vocoder anymore on software. <laughs> Never even get, heard like, of it, some, so. <laughs> Yeah, it, it, it's like, it was a great vocoder, but um, they don't make it anymore, and that sucks. You have to like, you have to like have a computer that has like, um, you know, ten point ten point two Mac OS X to even like have <laughs> that anymore. So, but anyway, the point is, uh, I, I would totally make way more faster music if I, if I just use like the Arturia, like V collection or something, because it's, yeah, it's so immediate and it's all, uh it's all in there. Like, uh, you know, MIDI man, MIDI, MIDI inside of software. It's game so much faster. Like I, I have uh, all
0: this fan, like, I mean, my I'll turn my camera, but like I got a relatively good collection of, synths and stuff and then there's another wall over there of it and i still find myself using serum for like 90 percent of what i do just because i mean well one i I make mostly like future base so like sure you kind of need a a crazy wavetable synth to do that stuff anyways sure um
1: which are not making hardware which sucks that would be that's i still just love my i don't have it but i love the access viruses. I, I just wish someone oh, yeah. would go all in. Um,
0: you know, they could make a true just, software version of that because like, it's just digital. Like they could a hundred percent emulate it and make a plugin. And I have the, the B I think yeah, the virus B and it's fantastic. Like it, it's, it's really, yeah. really good. And um, did
1: you get that a long time ago?
0: No, that, that bought that two years ago or something. Um, maybe last year.
1: Okay. Got used. How much?
0: Uh, I don't even remember.
1: They still hold their value, like, a lot of those for...
0: I think, like, um, 700 from memory, maybe. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember.
1: Like, the, T, uh, the TI, I still see just regularly. Like, you can't get, like, a TI for, like, under, under 12 or something.
0: Yeah. It's weird that they don't... They never, like, kept making their synths. I mean... Yeah, yeah, there's synths. Like they went completely down the um guitar world. Well not guitar world, but the the what is it called? The Kemper and profiler the, business? Yeah, and which It's a damn good like guitar emulator. But like sure. I don't know. It's maybe there's just more money to be had in the guitar world than the synth world.
1: I mean It's it's weird because I feel like you know, maybe, maybe it's just the same thing, right? Like he's going to leave and stop doing the Kemper, Kemper profiler at some point, And people are going to be like, it's the same way as like the virus where it's like, well, when they're gone, they're gone. You know, this, yeah. this great thing came, it did this amazing like thing for some period of time. It's not like super temperamental, you know, it's not, it's, it's software basically inside of a box. Um, so it's not like, uh, it's not like a Juno 106 where, like, you know, right. next day you might have five voices and a week later you got four voices and then, you get, and then you got five voices again. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I mean, he doesn't have a ton of products either. Like, the, the virus was like, he just kind of incremental upgrades. He didn't do like a huge, like, path, like, of like, we have like 80 different ones. Like, like a like
0: or something where they got like the Matrix, the yeah. Micro, the Mini, the, you know, et cetera kind of thing.
1: He's like, we make one big one, one medium one, and one small one. They're all the same thing. <laughs> and the Kemper profile, it's like he has the big one, and he has like the other one. Um, yeah. And I don't know. I wanted to ask him so bad, but I couldn't. Um, was he at NAM this was year? It? Uh, he was at NAM. I'm I'm looking yeah. at him at NAM, and I keep <laughs> thinking this is the great. This will be the perfect up update video where I ask him myself. And I realized <laughs> after watching enough like interviews with him where people asked, I said, he doesn't want to freaking hear this man. <laughs> and I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. You know? So.
0: And I, 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 I felt that way with, that was the first NAMM I ever went to this year. And mm-hmm. um, man, like I saw so many people who I've either like admired or like knew about mm-hmm. or wanted to ask something, but I'm just thinking like, and they probably get these questions all the time. They don't want to be bothered by some stranger. Like it's kind of that weird yeah. thing. Like they're just a person, like living their life, going around and exactly. talking gear. And the only person I, I bothered in a weird kind of like fangirly way was Andrew Wong, because mm-hmm. <laughs> I saw him and I was like, Ah, I love your channel. You're gonna be my if you're down. Can you be my one selfie from this whole Nam experience? And he very awkwardly and? said yes. <laughs>
1: But he gets that all the time. He's, I know. he's yeah. like the only person I realize is like, oh, that's like a celebrity. Like I I have actually of all YouTubers, I've hung out with Andrew Wong more than anybody. Right. We went to like this dope jazz show. Um, oh, really? I, I know you, and, you, got, you like you and
0: um him and like what Mylar Melodies and Simon the Magpie. Someone took that selfie. Yeah. But yeah, I yeah. didn't know you guys like hung out outside
1: of that oh yeah no no me and Andrew hung out he was here for like a month so we hung out maybe like three or four times like after that you know um and last time when he was here the previous year whatever um, but you know I I I mean I just I I remember um, walking with him the first year so I was used to it so I wa- so not this year but oh i last year when I met him um we walked for maybe like a half hour just, you know, first time I met him. So we're just like hanging out walking. Every like five minutes, somebody would come up and be like, Oh my God, it, it's you and, and he do like, you know, like the oh like the yeah. clap with them. I mean, people wanted that, right? Yeah. I mean, it was like constantly, right? So I yeah. was like, Oh my gosh. Does this does, is does like he crazy. love it or does he does he dislike it? <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's just natural at this point like he's but he's so passionate about it. we've we have so many conversations like I, I just he's so good at YouTube it's not even funny like anymore yeah. he's so good at it um, even the video he posted the other day where he did like the thawing of the ice on the microphone and stuff like he's just uh, and I can admire that good youtubers People sometimes like talk crap on like, oh, he's, he's a YouTuber or whatever. But when you're a good YouTuber, it is like very evident that like, wow, you really know how to keep an audience's attention. Yeah. Um, And I still struggle to understand how that's done and the art of that. That is a very, uh, that's a different art in general.
0: Yeah, it's hard to um like for the last couple of years, the biggest thing that I focused on was getting my audience i don't know how, how big you are into youtube analytics um but like i'm obsessive with data like obsessive mm-hmm. and so i was like okay i gotta get my my odd average retention rate of a video to greater than 50 percent mm. and get at least 40 percent of people wow. to, to the end screens and that's been my goal and it wasn't until really? like two three months ago or something that i started hitting okay. that video after video after video wow with the exception okay. of these like hour long ones of course but sure of course um, for like a 15 20 minute video i'll be getting like 50 60 percent audience retention wow and but still that's amazing yeah it's 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 hard and sometimes i don't even know why i do it and i don't know why i fail but um it came down to um i took like a you ever heard of video creators on
1: youtube they oh wait um that's like the channel
0: yeah the tim tim schmoyer um hosts it exactly. yeah 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 um, I took, okay i took their like course on really how, okay. how to like grow your youtube channel basically like a couple mm-hmm. like beginning of the year something february march sure and it came down to like focusing on story and hook and hooks basically like you want to hook someone with a thumbnail so that they stop scrolling so that gets them to read the title they should read the okay. title and that should get them to click so you're kind of telling a story like curiosity peaking tell a story with the title then answer the first part of that story within the first five seconds so that they're willing to watch all the way to the end to find out what happens and it's very hard to plan especially when you're doing like tutorial based content like i do um and i would think that that you're like you're what is it called that series where you you look at synths that are like vanished What's that called again? Oh yeah,
1: yeah. Like, great synth mysteries. Those yeah. always do better. But, <laughs> but yeah.
0: those must have a really good audience retention, I think, because they're
1: telling this big story. They definitely have a better artist, uh, an audience retention, and also an impact. I get more messages about those, and that's I feel like I realize. Like, remember, uh, there's probably these sayings all the times in like the filmmaking community where it's like, the story. It's the story. right? And you'd be like, well, but what about my 8K camera? Like (laughs) they just keep preaching. Like it's the story. And I realized, yes, it absolutely is. It's just so hard sometimes to do. It's like make this non-story like object into, you know, a tale. How do you do that? Where I always found, and I want to make this video, but I know I can't make it because um, I don't want my channel to become like destroyed but i wanted to make this uh video called uh video game reviews are easy right oh
0: boy that's a controversial yeah then that's topic. why it's never gonna happen it
1: is never gonna happen but i think of this all the time because i think of like if you're trying to make uh a, a synthesizer right it, it doesn't it it doesn't have a plot, it doesn't have movement, it just sits there. Whereas video games, it's almost engaging to just watch your friend play a video game, right? Right. That's half the battle. It's just the action and the movement. And if you can just review a video game by saying the plot of the video game that's already given to you with gameplay footage, and then at the end say like, it is all right. That's easy to me. You want me to like I I am yeah. not I I think that's why that,
0: that kind of type of content became so common on YouTube. Like back in the day, that yeah. like it was a point where that became YouTube. And there's channels that do it very creatively, like um yes. game theory will come up with their own story yeah. Yeah. unique yeah, from exactly. that one and they'll tell this crazy narrative that's different from the game and that is like I would say art. But then the games that are just like Talking about the story that already happened and giving commentary, like I'm not going to say that that's not that's not valid, um, but it's just it's not. They're not telling a story. They're they're getting a lift no. in their content from the fact that the game already has a great story. People yeah. are
1: just watching that story play out, <laughs> which is which is like, like I've been watching some of the like Last of Us Two stuff, and it's just like it's weird because I'm just like, well. <laughs> but the story is already so like people are already upset about this. All you have to do is just play into how people want, you know? And I yeah, just like, man,
0: I loved that game. I beat it last week and I, I enjoyed the yeah. hell out of it, but
1: it's getting so much hate online. <laughs> it seems compelling to me. It seems like, a. I know that people are saying like, and I hate, this is one thing I hate. It's when people do the whole, like, um, I'm the greatest, uh, video game writer ever as a reviewer and never as a developer of video games and saying like, oh, how could you do this with Abby? Like it was so lay- low hanging fruit <laughs> for you to do. J- I'm like, dude, go write your own <laughs> video game Yeah, yeah. story. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like it is not just, you know, it, yeah. somehow everyone has Shawshank Redemption just, it was up their sleeve the whole time. They have the easiest, right, yeah. like, you know, I, I wrote the greatest film ever, yet they never do. Um, yeah. But yeah, all I'm gonna say is video game reviews have so many elements that are just very, uh, to me, to be, uh, you know, I'm not saying anymore. Somehow yeah, someone's like, gonna find someone's, this. Yeah. I'm gonna get destroyed. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like... Video game I, reviewing is impossible.
0: I keep, my, uh, I keep my live streams unlisted after they go off, and then I edit edit the video interview portion separately. So
1: uh,
0: I, I have the artistic liberty to uh, cut or um, repeat parts.
1: <laughs> just, it's I'm not even... I feel like I'm not saying bad things. I'm just saying, like, logical things. I could just watch a video game play on mute, and it's entertaining to me. Yeah, Like, yeah. like literally. No, no, it is,
0: So... Yeah. I mean, I, I watch, I used to watch video game things too, but, but you're right that like for, for what you do on your channel, like telling a story around a piece of music gear, that's, that's what the first time I watched your channel, that's what I loved about your channel. Like you, you combine like great, like video quality, video production with telling a story around an inanimate object that's music gear. And it's like, it's just weird. Like, I don't think anyone else does that
1: really. Um, yeah not even me anymore <laughs> yeah not even you
0: <laughs> yeah you, you gotta I mean like I, I know your, your videos must be a lot of work because like some of your videos even have sets like your Halloween special one year oh gosh and, yeah and you're doing like yeah, a spooky yeah. voice and like the crazy lighting and cobwebs around your room and um, yeah I mean I think like, your channel is a good example of uh, quantity over sorry quality over quantity
1: <laughs> so, yeah which I find is bad I realized that my channel, uh, cause I looked at your channel actually on uh, social blade because yeah. I stalked you. No, <laughs> I looked at it on social blade cause I was looking at a bunch of other things on social blade. Um, and I was like, Oh wow. Like doing a, like lot of views. Like, um, uh, I don't know if it was more recently, but I just saw like, yeah, doing well over like a hundred thousand views It's like, for, I like think the last 30 days or something.
0: Hundred and- 115,000 per 30 days yeah. or something. Um yeah,
1: which is I mean, I don't know if you you probably pay a lot more attention to that, but I was just like, oh wow, like that's great. Yeah. I cuz I could see you 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 had you've been growing for sure, like uh over 1000 new subs in the last 30 days or something.
0: Yeah. No, I so I've, like I've been I've been super pumped about like this year covering the more like music business stuff like Every month, yeah. it's been like fifteen hundred new people, whereas before yeah. it was like two hundred or less new people per yeah. month. And
1: um, isn't it crazy? I love yeah. the analytics stuff because it's it's so interesting to see how you can do things and what things change. So yeah. um, I, I I looked because I was like, okay, he's changed. Is uh, he's changed? Not just his scene or his backdrop and. Oh, yeah. you know the video quality you changed like your topics and you were doing a bunch of things. I just was wanting to look and be like, "Oh, I wonder how that's impacted and I was like, dang, he's like killing me like my channel like has been um my channel's weirdly steady, but it's just not it's not like before there was a time where i I would hit like two thousand a month or something like month after month after month,
0: yeah yeah, and
1: now it's like you know I always do like six hundred or something um you get way more views than me so uh per month i think that's Um, where the and i i tell a lot
0: of people in my audience like when they're asking about for example music like how often should mm -hmm. i put up music music videos whatever and i tell them like the threshold for putting something out it shouldn't be like is this perfect it should be is this good enough to do well and are you happy with it balanced with can i put out a new song every six weeks because that's what i tell people to do put a new release out every six weeks whether that's
1: an, wow. a okay. single
0: an ep or an album and i've noticed it's the same with with youtube it's better to put out um you know twice a week for example and have it be 90 percent as good as it could be then put out once yeah. a
1: week and have it be 100 percent quality yeah no um, you make a you make i can see it happening even for me now so you make perfect sense um uh, which I like because I'm I'm a person who sit. I sat around on that Felix the Housecat video for about five months. I had that done, except for like the specific like edits I had to do so it wouldn't get like copyright struck, which it got. So it was fine. But um, I hate that stuff, man. The copyright. For- <laughs> I had, I, I, how else was I supposed to? Exp- like, I'm not trying to take away from it. I just wanted to put yeah. 10 seconds of each song in the video i couldn't do anything that that algorithm that content id thing is so good at this point you yeah. can't pitch it it grabs it it knows it sucks i hate it yeah. um I, I do a
0: every monday i do a music review monday where i let um people in my audience and patreon like send me music to listen to of like a two or three hour mm-hmm. live stream and every week I get, like, five copyright flags for, for copy content ID claims. And it's just, sure. like, uh, I wish there was an easier way for those artists to, like, specifically opt out yes. when it made sense. Because it's kind yeah. of a black box. Like, some other company yeah. handles it. It's not, like, the artist handling it. So it's...
1: Yeah, which is so annoying. You're just you're just sitting there at the... At, you're hating it because you're just... it's It's, like... I'm not trying to do what you think I'm trying to do. I'm yeah. not trying to upload like, uh, I'm not trying to upload freaking, uh, I don't know, like a movie, some or, movie or in its full.
0: You're you're literally operating under fair use. It's just YouTube doesn't you're care about to. fair use. Like YouTube is just yeah. like it's there, not allowed. Um, but yeah. fair use says you can use, is it fifteen seconds or 10 second clips at yeah. a time for a purpose
1: of review or enhancing the original work. Yeah. Yeah. which is exactly what you, you're doing. Um, which is crazy. Cause I always think of like an Anthony Fantano who does like needle drop or whatever. I'm always constantly like, wouldn't it just be so much more enhanced if he didn't just, if he, if he could put the music in the video like at all, but he just can't yeah. and it sucks. Um, yeah. Because like, yeah. how do you review something that needs context without, and the context is illegal, Yeah. literally. <laughs>
0: No, I, I i get it and it, it doesn't apply the same for for games and movies either like the law does it's mm. the same but for for the youtube purpose it's not and i think it's mostly just the music industry is so stingy like they're yeah. like we don't get yeah. paid enough we need to fight for every penny we get and they do that to their own own punishment because yeah i don't content id any of my music i'm like if you, you want to use it in a video and just like send people to my link that's all i really want i don't want to yeah. content flag you and and you put out an album with youtube music right last year yeah
1: mm-hmm.
0: so you have a royalty like two free for three yeah and um, i like i would love to do a royalty free uh youtube music album like that's a that's great and
1: i wish your you... wallet would love to do it as well let me just tell you oh they pay you for it you. oh snap oh yeah. yeah and uh it's google so we can talk offline, maybe about that.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna
1: say it now. <laughs> okay. But yeah, yeah I'm yeah. just gonna say that. <laughs> well, that's no. <dope. laughs> if 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 anyone, if you ever see that email, it's not fake. It's a real email.
0: I'll have to someone s- search Google. my uh, buried buried emails and see if. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That yeah. that actually gives a cool point. And we've been talking for a while, so maybe we'll we'll go offline in a sec. But I I feel like it'd be I'd be uh, I'll be sad if I don't ask you this, but so yeah. you, you have a, you have a day job, but you also make money from, from music. Um, like kind mm-hmm. of what percentages over your different like revenue streams for music are allocated to what, like you, you, obviously have the YouTube, you, um, you have music and I, you mentioned a couple of the things you do along the way. So if you could break mm-hmm. through that, I, I know my audience would love to hear
1: it. So, yeah, I mean, um, as, as a person who's worked in media production for the last, it's been over 10, man, it's been a long time. Um, (laughs) I would say, first off, all my living income comes from working in media production. And that's where also I got my chops, I guess, for YouTube was from doing that. I made, I made like a small portion of income in the past doing production for artists. So there's records out that I've done that have been, back in the day, uh, MTV would do a ton of music placements Mm. um, for smaller artists with a lot of their shows. And I thought it was a great thing. Maybe they don't do it as much, but uh, Real World, Road Rules, an album like I produced was on like the real world uh, (laughs) Jersey Shore, like season finale. Oh, wow, that's cool. By called Little Red Radio. Um, so, transi- transition to now, still same as same as uh, before. I still make 100% of my livable income doing media production, and that's on either working with the the audio side of it or the video side of it, right? Um, yeah. And then also, um, I probably made from YouTube uh, last year. Uh well okay uh from from music last year straight up overall I probably made about um probably like $15,000 last year from music okay from YouTube I probably made about I'm trying to remember my tax return exactly <laughs> From YouTube, like so, this is AdSense and alone. Since I didn't do any live streams last year, so I didn't have like super chats. I don't have membership, so this is straight yeah. AdSense. Last year, I probably made around four thousand dollars.
0: Okay. So that's that's still Something a nice like that. that's Between still a nice amount. Considering that's not even like your your living um, living income, is oh. you call it. It's like all that that extra like twenty k is essentially just. On top of whatever your yeah. regular income is,
1: that's like yeah yeah no I save a lot of money. That's <laughs> good. Yeah. I mean I I, uh, I uh, no I mean I bought my car because of like uh, side stuff. Like I just bought my car cash because I was just like I I didn't have a car for quite a while. Yeah. And um, I didn't really need it, but now that like we have to get kind of get around without public transportation like we used yeah, to, yeah. I went and got a car, and uh, I was able to buy that. Yeah. Um, like straight up. So um, uh, yeah, I think that's about right. Yeah, I don't remember my tax return exactly. I made more money on YouTube the year before though, because I was going way harder. Last year was, I mean, I probably put like five videos out the whole 2019. Yeah, It was just such a, I just barely did anything, right? But the year before that was where my channel had tons of growth, so I probably made more that year. So maybe I made, maybe I made like five thousand the year before off of everything and then maybe this year yeah i made like between three and four something like that
0: nice nice that's cool yeah because i I get a lot of questions from people are wondering like how like you know they're they're in the point where they're they're working for someone you know Mm -hmm. whatever they're doing and they're kind of thinking about how to set up their income streams to so that they can like try to make some money from their music either so that they can invest mm-hmm. into marketing it or maybe eventually going full time, living off just their, their music. And, um, so I always like to, to get that perspective because for me, it's, it's like, there's music, there is, um, I'm a curator on submit hub. Um, so that's one aspect mm-hmm. there's YouTube of course. And then I have a company that sells sample packs. Um, I have a, uh, marketing course and I do like video consultations and, um, everyone's different, I've learned. Every single music person yeah. in the world, completely different strategy for diversifying their income. Um, so yeah. Let's ask
1: Andrew Huang how he diversifies his income, or we can just go on Social Blade and realize that it's a lot.
0: <laughs> <laughs> he he must do very well from YouTube, because he's got like 1.5 million
1: subscribers or something. I, I looked on Social Blade, and I always think it's really just pick the middle. That's what I just say of yeah. like the estimated or whatever. But then that was so high that I was just like, all right, forget it. Like, <laughs> it was like yeah, I yeah. think the middle. Like I just looked and it was like, I think it was like, uh, it was like, it was like fifteen k a month or something. <laughs> oh wow! You know,
0: that that's yeah. a lot. That's a lot, a lot.
1: I did. I don't know. Maybe you can look at it right now. Not that I'm not that I'm pocket watching Andrew Huang. It's just <laughs> I um, I can I for myself I'd probably make around like. This time of year, like 250 bucks a month, right? From from YouTube, right? And definitely that has that's way less than, that's not a lot. But, why you know, he around the holidays.
0: A, he has a D-minus in Social Blade. Why does he have a D-minus in Social
1: Blade? What? the way. I mean, like his stats are all
0: great, but they gave him a D- Maybe it's because he's in the music category. Really? Because for me, I, I think I'm a B-minus. He has a D-minus? I don't know why they... But anyways, it says he uh, estimated 216 to 3500 so yeah like if you assume the middle yeah um 1500 ish so that's 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 awesome for him that's i mean he deserves it he's got a gigantic channel that's
1: like yeah. very unique um that's a lot of money a year just straight off of like what would be AdSense. ad sense yeah
0: know what and, i'm saying like i can't even
1: imagine that
0: and he's in a cool position clean. Where, where he can um he can do videos, like he can take three months off from doing videos and his, oh, yeah. his audience doesn't care. Like they're, they're just like, cool, go take some time for yourself. We'll be right here waiting. And it's,
1: He doesn't even have a schedule. I know, yeah. It's, like he just, it's like whenever, like that, that, that lets you know, like it's good. Like even for me, like I know that like the stupid videos I do now, it's like, who cares? Like I'm doing these videos cause I wanna do them. But it's like, yeah, when I decide like I'd like to do a one minute synth review, it'll do what they do, you know, which is, you know, for me, I'm like, okay, if it does like, I don't even like to do the numbers, but I'm just saying, if it does like, you know, 15,000, I feel good about it. You know, if it, if it does 15,000 within like a smaller period of time, I'm like, okay, that's normal for a one minute interview or whatever. Yeah, um, But yeah, you get pigeonholed. You eventually just have to do, it sucks that you have to do the same things, but yeah, people like, like, you know, restaurants, the restaurant doesn't make, uh, doesn't make money from changing the menu. It's the yeah. one thing that they just keep on there and people keep going for that one yeah. thing. So yeah,
0: that's, that's why, and that would be my biggest advice to, to anyone watching or listening to this is like, if you're going to get into the YouTube game as part of like your content, like don't let yourself do one thing. <laughs> Cause like yeah. that, that was me with the screaming tutorials and I, it's not that mm-hmm. I didn't like doing them, but I now I'm trying to get myself in a position where I don't just have to talk about one thing. I can talk about like a selection of things and that keeps me interested in, and it sounds like you're kind of in that, trying to get out of that just one thing guy thing. Like
1: you I I have like literally three things that for sure I know work on the channel. It's one minute synth reviews, it's great synth mysteries and it's synth versus synth. If I just look at how it is, those videos all do exactly the same type of numbers and they all have the greatest, like, uh, engagement, right? Everything else yeah. I do doesn't matter. Yet, I, I hate to say, I don't want to do synth versus synth, one minute synth reviews. And first, all three of those take the most time. Yeah. So it kind of sucks.
0: And they're, they're, they're kind of like, they're not the same thing, but they're in the same category
1: of things. Like they're, Yeah. And I, uh, I would much rather, if I could, I I just want, I really want to get back into the real world where, not the real world, but the world minus this pandemic, um, because I so wanted to do this series, Uh, it was called Synth on the Street, and I had it all planned out. It was where I would take the synths out and, uh, you know, had like the permits and everything to like have normal people on the street, like just use them. And I thought it would be fun, like kind of man on the street kind of a thing where you get uh, totally like new users, like, oh, I like it or I don't. And it, it's a good like measurement of a person who's brand new to something, would they like it or not, right? right. And, um, but I I can't do it unless I did it now. And if I did it now, I 100% would get dragged for it being irresponsible. So oh, yeah,
0: yeah. And I you, cannot. yeah, people would be like, they're touching your synth and you're bringing it home yeah. And, and yeah. Um, probably best
1: to wait <laughs> yeah which sucks because i was like dude this that, that was going to be 2020 it was like synth on the street is coming yeah uh i was just ready to do it and like i had the sense like all like i have like a few like that i got just for it um like some modal sculpts and uh, stuff but damn dude whatever
0: so we've been talking for for an hour and 50 minutes and oh it wow it only, only feels like it's been a bit so I'm gonna end this stream because I wanna. I wanna ask you a couple things offline. <laughs>
1: yeah. But
0: uh, yeah. Thanks everyone who's been hanging out for this whole time. Hope you hope you enjoy the somewhat interesting discussion. This is not like my normal content, talking about like synths and and fun and YouTube. You know, but I hope you found this uh, interesting. Um, but yeah. See you everyone. Thanks for watching. And go follow uh. Noir, do you say it Noir et Blancfe or just Noir Blancfe?
1: Noir Blanc
0: V. Okay, cool. I've always wanted to say Noir et Blanc V, but that's because I'm not. French. Yeah, sort of. But go check out his YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. It's it's one of my faves. So.